Hello, Hirok. Welcome to our daily devotional. We're continuing with our walk through the book of Exodus, and we're rapidly coming to uh, the end of our walk through Exodus. And we also have just finished up the scene, this uh, kind of peak tragic moment in Israel's history where they have the incident with the golden calf. And it seems like all hope is lost, but the story is not over yet. So we are in chapter 33, verses 1 through 3, and verses 12 through 17. And Michael, if you would read that for us, that would be wonderful. Hear the word of the Lord. The Lord said to Moses, Get going, you and the people you brought up from the land of Egypt. Go up to the land I swore to give Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I told them, I will give this land to your descendants. And I will send an angel before you to drive out the Canaanites, Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Go up to this land that flows with milk and honey, but I will not travel among you, for you are a stubborn and rebellious people. If I did, I would surely destroy you along the way. One day Moses said to the Lord, You have been telling me, take these people up to the promised land, but you haven't told me whom you will send with me. You have told me, I know you by name, and I look favorably on you. If it is true that you look favorably on me, let me know your way so I may understand you more fully and continue to enjoy your favor. And remember that this nation is your very own people. The Lord replied, I will personally go with you, Moses, and I will give you rest. Everything will be fine for you. Then Moses said, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. How will anyone know that you look favorably on me? on me and on your people, if you don't go with us. For your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all other people on the earth. The Lord replied to Moses, I will indeed do what you have asked, for I look favorably on you, and I know you by name. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, in verses 1 through 3, we see that God is actually reaffirming the same promise that he had earlier given to the Israelites. And so all hope is not lost. God is not done with the Israelites after the betrayal with the golden calf. And in fact, in the next chapter, we're going to see God is going to rewrite the tablets uh, of the law, restoring the covenant that was shattered. Um, but there is one difference in the promise that God gives this time. He repeats the same promise word for word, except he adds, God adds, that God will not go with them. And as history has demonstrated, they really can't seem to be in God's presence. And one of the ways I've learned to think about this is I, I think of sin as being like uh, gasoline and it's soaking into our clothes. It's like holding on to gasoline soaked rags or wearing gasoline soaked rags. And God is this incredibly intense fire, this all consuming fire. And, and, and really that's like a, a, a literal thing for them, like God led them as a uh, a fire at night and a cloud by day. And, and the word for cloud can just mean smoke. And so it's, it's basically the smoke coming from the fire. Um, so this is the image I have. And, and this is why God says that, I, I think is why God says to them, I, you, I cannot go with you because you will be destroyed. But then we get to verse 12 and this, uh, the intervening verses are about Moses meeting with God in the tabernacle. And this solution just does not sit well with Moses. And so Moses finally asks God, he says, whom, whom will you send with me? He says, I don't know who, who you're going to send. I don't know them, but, but I know you. 
Um, I know you. And, and he says, if I have found favor with you, then will you go with me as I go forward? And, and you know, to be, not just be with me, Moses says, but to be with them, the Israelites, they are your people. So Moses asks based on two things. One, because of, if I have favor with you, so personal a, a personal favor to me, and also because of your love and commitment to the people, will you go with us? And, and God responds affirmatively, says, yes, I will go with you. But Moses wants to be doubly sure, so he double checks, he asks again, and this time his request is based on the fact of a kind of deep lesson, it seems, that Moses has learned by this point. He says, the only thing that's special about me, God, and the only thing that's special about us as a people is, is you. You are what makes us special. Otherwise, we're no different than anybody else. Like, I mean, look at it. We, we behave just like everybody else when you're not with us. So we need your presence to go with us. And and in the end, it's really all about you. And I think Moses finally has learned a lesson that he's been struggling to learn since the beginning. If you remember way back in the beginning, when Moses was first called by God to go confront uh, uh, confront Pharaoh and have Pharaoh release the people to let to free the people of God, uh, Moses almost refused to go. He said, basically, you know, encapsulated as here am I, send Aaron. Like, I just don't want to do this. And so eventually he only goes because Aaron's going to go with him. But beyond that, God keeps promising him, you're going to be able to do this, Moses. You don't believe you can do this, but you're going to be able to do this because I will be with you. So the reason why Moses will be able to do what God has called him to do is simply because God will be with him. And it seems like Moses has really internalized that lesson. And so when he's being here asked to finally lead the people to the promised land, Moses says, doesn't say no. It's not like earlier when God called him and Moses said, no, I don't want to go. He's like, okay, I'll go, but don't send me without you. I can't do this without you. I've learned enough at this point to know that the only reason I can do anything you call me to do is because you are with me. And so God responds, yes, I will go, go with you. I know you by name. And I really, you know, I think you can almost translate that to, I know you and love you deeply. And so just as uh, Moses has learned to love God, he's also realized how much God has already loved him. And I think this really points uh, forward uh, for us to the coming of Jesus. I mean, I think so. everything in the end points to Jesus in one way or another. But really, the promise comes later on in the Old Testament that, that God is going to send one that's called Emmanuel, God with us. And this is a prophecy pointing forward to the coming Messiah, who is Jesus, that he will be God with us. And so why can we do Anything that God has called us to do, to, to leave behind the sins in our lives, to be freed from these things, to, to love other people, to live in love in the way that Jesus calls us to live in love, to follow Jesus' example in how to live in love. Well, if we're going to be able to do it at all, it's only because God is with us. And that is what Jesus is, is God with us. It's Jesus through the Spirit being with us, empowering us, guiding us, enabling us, to move forward. And this is, I think, so much of what we pray, even in the Lord's Prayer, that God would lead us not into temptation, but to deliver us from the power of evil and the evil one. And so God goes forward with us, just like God went forward with Moses, and he knows us by name. He knows us deeply and loves us deeply. In any case, uh, Michael, I'm wondering what you see in this uh, passage and uh, what you, I don't know, what were some of the things that you take out of this and the 
coming away from the golden calf and feeling like everything's over to now seeing the promise restored. And not only the promise restored, but God promising that he will go with them into the promised land. Yeah, I think um, in this passage, I, I noticed there is um, kind of like a narrative that like, I, get, I guess like maybe it's just me, but it gets challenged for me where it's like God doesn't change his mind. Um, because I think here you see God is at the very least deciding what to do. And it seems his preference or his leaning in the, in the, after the golden calf incident is to be like, I can't go with you anymore. Like I can't like out of love. He's like, I don't want to destroy you. So I can't go with you. Like this is, um, it's not going to be, this may not be possible, but then we see, uh, like, as you were saying how Moses, where, he kind of was reluctant to to go to go do anything and to even be um, maybe even didn't didn't know God right didn't know this God that would be with him. But now that he has had these experiences and has this more of this relationship with God, he he's actually the one to be like God. You you need to go with us. Like God, we are we are not set apart without you. God, we have no chance to be like. I mean, look at look at what we've done. Look at who we are. Uh, we need you, and I and we want you to come with. And I, I think that's like just shows me something about God that I don't like typically think. I don't typically um, understand God as someone who's like. I mean, I, I I in theory do like God listens to me, right? But I I more is like, oh God, here's what I have to say. Like, but he's not actually going to like change his mind or like kind of like really listen to what I have to say. And I think about my kids where um, they're getting to this age where they'll call me out and be like, dad, you're not listening to me. And I'm like, I'm listening to you. I hear what you're saying. And it's true. I hear what they're saying, but to listen to them actually means to like consider what they're asking and to at times change direction uh, because one, they give a good reason or two, because they just like speak to my heart, right? That they, they, they kind of move me. And I, and I sense this in God as well, that this special relationship with Moses, he's, he's almost, it's like he's moved where he, like the, the language is very personal. Like you were saying, like, I know you and, and I love you. And so I'm going to do this. And, and I think that's like just really beautiful and really powerful. when we really sit in like possible in, in that shift of like, like this isn't just some distant deity. This isn't just some, this isn't God like displaying his magnificent power. This is God being really like intimate and, and open to having his heart moved. Um, by Moses and I and and then we get that special um, relationship too even even more so um, as you were saying with Jesus and and I think sometimes it's like easy to take that for granted or just not like recognize the uh, real intimacy that we can have with God because of what's been done through Jesus and what's being told in this story and how this this real how Jesus points to the character of who God is more and more and reveals it um, reveals him as a God who is Abba, who, who cares for us, who is, um, yeah, can be moved by us and um, not forced by us, but like really, truly, like actually intimately like a parent, like a child to a parent or a parent receiving from a child. So that's something I noticed here. Yeah. When we get into these questions of God changing his mind or, or whether, you know, it's hard to figure out, it's hard to understand or even begin to have a framework for how we would understand how a, a being who created time and is in many ways outside of time experiences causality yeah. <laughs> when dealing with someone who's embedded in time. And and so trying to figure that out, I, you know, does God change, change his mind or not? Like, 
on a on a ultimate causal level, I, I don't know, but maybe God's mind was simply that I, I don't want to go with them, but if they want me to go, then I do want to go with them. Um, kind of a thing. Or maybe it really is in the end God's will that God wants to give us things when we ask for them, that that was God's mind from the beginning. And so when we ask for them, it's not a change of God's mind. It's like, oh, I, I, I want to do this if it's something that you want, but I'm not going to force myself into the situation. I don't know. There's a number of ways to understand this, and we don't have time to even begin to address them in a, 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 the short amount of time that we have. But I, I do think from our, I think the way you brought it out is right, that like from our perspective, we have to um, interact with God in such a way that that we do believe that that God does act or change uh, action based on sometimes on the things that we ask because because God loves us and 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 wants this kind of growing relationship with us. So when Moses asks, he says, "Yeah, I, I do love you, and I know you by name, so I'll do what you ask." Well, Michael, I'm wondering if you would uh, pray for us and maybe especially. Uh, to pray that we might uh, understand more clearly what it is God calls us to do, and then to have the courage to do it, knowing that if we ask, God will be with us in it. Yeah, of course. God, thank you so much for this word. Thank you for the special relationship we can have, one where you call us um, into, into things that we may not even think of ourselves or most likely won't think of ourselves. And God, I pray that when we feel this calling, um, when things are challenging, that we would be reminded that you go with us and that's why we can do it. And that's why you're calling us into it in the first place. So Lord, I pray we'd be people of courage who can do hard things. Um, and in the midst of those hard things, know that you are going to be with us always, as you said, it's your name. We pray Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you everyone for being with us today. I'm glad that we made it through those four devotions on the uh, dark moment of the golden calf. And I'm glad that you stuck with us so that you could see that on the other side, uh, God, even in the Old Testament, even though a lot of people think the Old Testament is a God who just likes to judge and is an angry God, we see that even here, God is a God who is eager to restore and eager to bless and eager to be with the people. Be with us. Uh, so go in peace.